received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Las Vegas 71 version of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. I hope dropping in for a, a minute or 14 will be some puckheads who are currently following me on Instagram and Twitter because we're in the middle of puck passion, the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I'd like to think that there is some cross-pollinization between the sport of UFC and the passionate sport of the NHL. So far in the NHL, 6-6 six and six plus just under three units, 25% ROI. So if you're looking to make a little money on hockey, Just check me on Twitter and you'll know where to go from there. We're here to talk about the fights. And as usual, we always open with a thank you to the many people throughout the world that are tuning in. I'm flattered to say throughout the world because we regularly get 13 to 15 countries worth of fight fans tuning in, which is great. Last week, we pull a little weight and pick up plus 2.61 units, I think. Not too bad. The favorites have dipped. They're only hitting at 63.3%. Meanwhile, we're 30 and 26. Not bad. 11.05 units of profit so far this year. 19% ROI. We've had a good start to the second quarter. So let's focus on continuing that good start. And we're going to build brick by brick. Futures. We only have one, Colby Covington, hanging out there, and that's under the stipulation that that fight has to go by the end of the year. That's widely available everywhere. Even DraftKings has that at the current price of Covington minus 110. As far as this card, let's move right into round one with the beginning, the preliminary fight on the fight card. Yes, round one, Dana Bacarel against Brady Heastunt. Heastunt, the American, he's going to have some advantages here. He's an inch taller, got an inch worth of reach, but he's not going to really use it because he's primarily a wrestler and a good one. But he's learning his striking as all beginning wrestlers into the UFC do. And at 23 years old, he's given away a little maturity, even though he's raw, big, strong, and has got that solid wrestling background. Other side of the cage from him, Batgarel, please excuse the pronunciation, Mongolian wrestling-based striker. He has faced a much higher level of UFC competition. At 33 years old, he's the more mature man, the more desperate man, because he doesn't have fights to lose. He's got a sturdier wrestling base, and I think he has a little bit more power, even though 
Hestad might be the more athletic young athlete in there. Baccarel opens minus 175. He's currently dropped. There's a little bit of love for the American. Perfect for us. Because I think the more well-rounded fight arsenal belongs to Donna Baccarel. And that's exactly who we'll take in round one. He's priced currently minus 140. We'll put one unit on Batgarel to win 0.73 of a unit. And now we'll move into round two. In round two, it's a fast forward. We're going right up to the main card in the evening. And in this one, we're going to talk about Bobby Green, Jared Gordon, lightweight fighters. Bobby Green coming off a KO loss to Drew Dober. But we know Bobby Green, fast, athletic, slick, does a lot of talking in the octagon. And he's as uneven and inconsistent a fighter as you can find, in my opinion, in the organization. On the other side of the cage, we're getting Jared Gordon coming off of that disappointing loss to Patty Pimlet. Gordon, nowhere near the flash, nowhere near the athleticism, nowhere near the speed of Bobby Green. But what Gordon has is focus. He keeps his yapper shut. He's got a solid wrestling base. And he's determined before the robbery, and I don't know that I can call it a robbery against Pimlet. He won that fight against Pimlet. Before that fight, he beats a cagey, tough guy in Leonardo Santos before he uh, loses to Grant Dawson. He Listen, he's been in with comparable talent to Bobby Green. And I think you got a tortoise and a hare kind of fight here. Bobby Green with all the lip, with all the flash, with all the talk, touch, touch, zip, top, move around, kick him in the leg, but he doesn't really do anything. And I think the whole time Gordon's going to be playing, smoking Joe Frazier, bobbing, weaving, cutting the octagon off, and accruing points. Bobby Green is uneven. Bobby Green sometimes fights with the greatest fight IQ you can find. Sometimes he fights with the worst. I'm going to take, instead of the hare, I'm going to take the tortoise in this one. The more focused, down-to-earth, wrestling-based Jared Gordon to continue to move forward, back Bobby Green up. There'll be some exchanges. Bobby Green will look good early, but by the end of this fight, I think it's Jared Gordon, fresh with the understanding of what happened to him in the last fight, on his mind for this one. Green opens 225. He's now 265. Bully for us. Jared Gordon, who originally was plus 190, I think that was too high. I'll gladly take the plus two and a quarter with the understanding, everyone, that we shouldn't be in a rush to make this bet right away. Sit back, relax. Let's watch this stew. Every parlay player in the whole world going to be using Bobby Green. And we may get a few extra cents on Jared Gordon. Round two, Jared Gordon plus two and a quarter or better. Let's move into round three. In round three, we're going to step up a fight or two on the main card. Welterweights Jeremiah Wells, Philly product, fighting out of a just a killer gym with Sean Brady, Joe Pfeiffer, and the boys, taking on Matt Schemmelsberger in a really close competitive 
fight that probably has fight of the night written all over it. Wells opens minus 140, Schemmelsberger plus 120. Now it's a dead pick. Wells, I'm going to tell you, is the more athletic, explosive athlete. He's got the more solid wrestling base, in my opinion. Therefore, you got to give him the cardio. He's finished fights, just exactly what the UFC wants to see. His last being of Court McGee, a guy that's really tough to put away, by the way. Uh, before that, uh, Blood Diamond, who is a very good fighter, and Warley Alves. Schemmelsberger, on the other hand, is going to have advantages of his own. First of all, he comes in with huge momentum after beating the brakes off Jake Matthews. And Jake Matthews, we talked about IQ with Bobby Green. Jake Matthews refused to wrestle in that fight against Schemmelsberger, and Schemmelsberger beat the brakes off of him. In this one, Schemmelsberger is going to be the fighter three inches taller with an inch reach advantage, and he's six years younger. So there's surely plenty to like about Schemmelsberger. The issue is that I don't think he can keep Wells off him. The unrelenting forward wrestling pressure of Wells, I believe, will wear on Schemmelsberger, and he will not be able to maneuver or distance himself appropriately to get any shots off. Round three... We're going to take the finisher, Jeremiah Wells, and we'll go a full 1.1 unit to win one units. Now we'll move into round four. In round four, we're going to the co-main event, Brad Tavares, Bruno Silva. Excellent clash of styles because Tavares, who opens minus 130, is really more a wrestling-based fighter that's acquired striking. The guy's tough as leather, has great experience. He's been in with the best. All that being said, he's also 35 years old, has taken wear and tear, has fought in the UFC for some 12 years as a pro fighter, and he's recently had to overcome some of the bumps and bruises and attrition that naturally wear on a fighter. On the other side of the cage, is Bruno Silva, striker from Brazil, who'll be giving away a little bit of height, but he's going to be younger by a couple of years. He has really made most of his name by the outstanding performance he displayed when he fought Alex Pereira to a decision. He followed that up with a complete dump of a fight lost to Mearshart, and I think that's how people are judging him. I think that's why he is an underdog in this fight. Again, Tavares opens minus 130. He's now 160, so there's some Tavares love based on the fact that he has some wrestling chops and probably has more ways to win this fight. Silva must keep this standing, keep Tavares at bay, and try and catch him coming in. And in that small cage, there is perhaps advantage wrestler all that being said, I want the younger, fresher, faster, more explosive Bruno Silva over a guy in Tavares that I think has seen the best of his career and now is reliant on having to fight people and be a monitor as to where they are. Yes, journeyman status, I hate to say it. Round four, Bruno Silva, one unit, 
He's currently priced plus 135, plus 140, depending on where you shop. I have one long bomb for us before we go. Those that want to play a really long opportunity, let's go to Ronnie Yaya Montel Jackson, where Jackson's like a 600 favorite. That's ridiculous. Yaya's getting totally overlooked here. Yes, he should be an underdog, but not that bad. And how does he win this fight? Montel Jackson is too confident in his wrestling, rushes in, Yaya gets a neck, an arm, a leg, an ankle, something, submission. Ronnie Yaya via submission plus nine to one. You want to sprinkle a little milk money on that? I wouldn't blame you one bit. That's just a little bit of an aside going out. I've avoided the main event because right now as I sit and speak with you, I keep going back and forth. Can the smaller blades with more wrestling chops, I believe, take Pavlovich past the first round, tucker this monster out, and take him out? Or does this huge, explosive Pavlovich, and you saw him at the face-offs today, the guy's just chiseled out of rock. Do we buy the picture and believe that he's going to go touch blades and crumble him? I still haven't decided. If and when I get a good feel for the fight, I'll release it on Twitter. But for right now, we have four rounds of fighting. We have a good start to our second quarter. We're going to keep it going. Next week, we have an excellent fight card headed by Song Yedong and Ricky Simone, two guys that were supposed to be on this card. And in a fight that I wanted to release here, we'll release it next week. Good luck to everybody and enjoy the fight. Boom! That's it! That is it! Unbelievable! That was insane! You've been locked into Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finicaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA. Of all the superlatives. Tomorrow's good that hand is ridiculous! Oh my goodness! Want the best sports betting podcast on the board? Look no further than GreenRollMedia.com each and every weekend. GreenRoll's covering the NFL, college football, and MMA better than anyone. Bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in Las Vegas. That's GreenRollMedia.com. GreenRollMedia.com. Home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network. This week's episode of Gamblue's Bout Business MMA podcast is sponsored by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped has taken off in not only the USA, but Canada, the UK, across Europe, Australia, South Africa, and Singapore. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and show support for your favorite podcast today by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on any order with the promo code LOU. That's 20% off plus free shipping with promo code LOU.